The voice of one crying the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one crying the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one crying. Father, we thank you. We have the privilege of gathering in your name. We are acknowledging that there are those who cannot. We are grateful that we can. And we are making a request this morning. Best avail ourselves of this opportunity. Let us have the best we can have. May we eat from the abundance of your household in the name of Jesus Amen. your steadfast love extends to the heavens your faithfulness reaches to the clouds your righteousness is like the mountains and your wisdom like the dust of the sea and you come to me my heart with your loving kindness I find my peace in the shadow of your wings I drink my fear it might feel from the abundance of your household and I drink from the streams of rejoicing and I drink from the streams of rejoicing you are my king you're my king you are my king you are my king you are my king, say you are my king, you are king. Be our king this morning. Open our ears, open eyes, open hearts, open mouth. Fill us with truth. Thank you. Amen. You may have your seats. As usual, I believe that you have had the privilege to worship, praise, honor God in some way and also be exhorted to some degree. I know it's often the case that after you uh, 
may have heard from the first person that exhorted, you may hear similar things repeated, not because as people we know or plan to share on a similar theme, the Holy Spirit emphasizes the same thing. The Holy Spirit leads our lips to repeat the same emphasis. Now that alone, in and by itself, is supernatural enough to make any and every um, comply strenuously, try harder to obey the things you have heard. Okay, the fact that you hear it and you hear it again, and the Holy Spirit is directing those things to be said. Encourage us all, try to not just hear, but to go and practice. That's what's most important. Go and practice. Why would two people, why would the Holy Spirit keep saying it? Because he thinks it's important and that you should remember it. He wants you to call. He wants you to remember, oh, this was said to you, and then it was repeated. He doesn't want you doing it only once. All right? I'd like to, now, you know, every single time, uh, <laughs> as I'm learning, the years have passed, I'm learning. I don't bother to have a topic for any message because I don't know what I will say before the meeting is over. What's important is that it will be what the Holy Spirit once said. And I would encourage us all to know that um, it's not about the theme. It's not about the topic. It's about obedience. There's nothing that is said that is more important than the fact that what is said needs to be done. There's no you're not going to do it. People are in church. Today is Sunday. All around the world, people have gathered in a church building. All over the world, people have gathered. They've gathered. They are talking to themselves. There's a preacher like me standing in front of them, saying things. Saying things that may be fully true, 100% true, partially true, or just false. The important thing is not hearing. What's the important thing? Three people know what's important. Trust only bad doers. If you're only hearing, you are deceiving yourself. Okay? Be attentive. Alright, I think the, the people from the earlier meeting have settled down a bit. Be attentive, please. Be attentive. Then look at the Bobby. Usually, if I ask a question and the person projecting is fast enough, you see the answer already written. Okay? Don't be a hearer only. So don't not participate. I'll come after you. I see you looking lost. You tell me why you are lost. If you came here to get lost. You came here to be found. Okay? Hearer only. What are you doing? 
If you hear without doing, what are you? You are deceiving yourself. Of course, if you can't read, I'm not talking to you, baby. You can read. Look at the screen. This TV. The screen. Get glasses. Or get healed. If you hear without doing, you're deceiving yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Do you like being deceived? What would you do it to you? If you don't like being deceived, don't deceive others. Okay? Okay. So, let's look at some scriptures. In the book of Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Um, let's read from verse 17, maybe to verse 22. The scriptures say here that he who speaks the truth declares what is right, but a false witness speaks. Don't be too fast. He who speaks the truth declares what? So what is truth? Do you know what the church is for? Number one, what the church is not. The church is not this building, this space you're in. This is not the church. The space is not the church. In the Bible, God never... The Bible talks about the church in the wilderness. He calls it the church in the wilderness. And he was referring to the children of Israel moving through the wilderness. They are the church. The church is a group of people. The church is not a place. It's not a location. Even the tabernacle they made, the tabernacle of Moses, as pictured here, that was moving. When the people would move, they would pack it up and it would move. That's the Lord in the midst of them, who is mighty, in the midst of them. For you are the temple. The house of God, the residence, the sanctuary, the holy place for God. You are the people together. It's not a place. The church is found amongst or in a people. That's what the church is not. What is the church for? Of God, or you could say the household of God. Second Timothy chapter three. You give me from verse fourteen or fifteen. You should do. That's a second. First, I meant. I'm sorry. First Timothy chapter three, verse fifteen says that you might know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. This translation says that you will know how each one must conduct himself in God's household. 
which is the church of the living God. So the church of God is God's household. That's one aspect of the church. Another aspect of the church is that it's the pillar and foundation of the truth. Two major things you see here as descriptive of the church. The church, God's household. All of you came from households. A holding that is a house. A building may exist that is not a house. Example, an office. A business. That's not a house. It's a building. Nobody calls it. Nobody passes and says, see my It's not a household. It's a building. Because of what's done in it. For it to be a household, it must be where a family resides. Is this clear? A family resides in it. If a family means typically there should be a mother and a father and children and maybe guests, relatives. There will be space for eating a kitchen typically where food is cooked. As time went on from about the 90s, it expanded to also being the dining room. So you have many kitchens that are dining rooms. And newer model houses are built like that. Is it a good thing to do? What do you think? Oh yes, it's more than other. I don't think it is a good thing. I think Americans love food too much. And you should stay away from it. <laughs> now you're angry with me. Okay, I think Nigerians love food too much. No, I think we like copying everything we see. How many of you know that when the pot is there, that when this is the pot and this is the dining table, that the chances of taking two steps over to put a little extra that is not the best for health and size and girth. How many of you? <laughs> so, <laughs> when you build your house, my pastoral advice to you is let there be a kitchen, then let there be a dining, let there be distinctions in this world. There is day and night. There is land and there is water. There is male and female. Don't merge it. These mergings happening everywhere is not the best. Now this is not spiritual, but it is sensible. And one of the things you should learn in church is to be sensible. To live Titus chapter 2. A sense. Think. <laughs> is it a sin to have a big kitchen slash dining hall. No. But you probably be less disciplined than an individual. Alright, I've contributed towards the construction of your house when you finally get around to it. I it's in your heart. There's a kitchen typically. There's typically a dining hall. There's typically a living room, a place where the family can gather, generally. Then there's more private spaces, rooms. This is for cleaning up, washing, getting clean. There's room made for that. And if there are vehicles or other things, there might be a garage, there might be... So there are different aspects. You don't say household, it's just one. It just has one aspect to it. Not true. 
households do not have one aspect, have multiple aspects. They should have. Now, in that household, education can happen, teaching, classes. Mommy starts there to say to Johnny or Jane, A for Apple. Okay, I don't want to trigger demographic. But there is education. Did you say good morning? There's education teaching you how to talk. That when you see people in the morning, you should greet them. You should tell them good morning, daddy. Daddy, good morning. Good morning, auntie and uncle. That's education. You don't have to take notes for it to be educational. You don't have to write for you to say you're in class. Unfortunately, many people only take that kind of education seriously. If you wrote it down, it shouldn't be so. You should be able to be educated writing. Okay? And then, even though there's some form of education, it's not the only thing there is. There are even times you sit down and your mom or dad or some some person or a tutor is brought in in table with you or in some place in the garage. I've seen different things <coughs> and says, "All right, let's go through your maths." So one plus one is two plus two. You're getting an education, even though it's in your household. It's not wrong. It's your first school. It ought to be your first school. Household of God has the academic dimension, the educational dimension. I am doing some of it now. In fact, this is a major part. I was doing some of it in the other small, uh, the Bible school hall. And in addition, in addition to those things we say, those things we teach, those things we practicalize in some form because the academic part doesn't involve too much practice only a little example let's worship the lord let's praise god you can't just say it you do it so when we say everyone stand up or you may be sitting down we say praise the lord you know let's raise our voices or let's wave our hands to the lord or let's dance and clap and whatever you're doing you are practicalizing praise and worship. It's not, you're not just saying the Bible says early in the morning you should call on his name to outpraise you seven times a day. No, you do it. Practicals are actually the goal of the intellectual discourses, the discussion, the practicals are the, that Doing it. So the saying is to prepare you to do. But some of the classes, you don't need to say much. You just do. So you learn by just doing what is done. Not, it's not till you're told. If we open a scripture and say, let's learn a memory verse. And let's memorize it. You just join and memorize. Listen to why you should memorize. You just join and practically put that scripture in your head and repeat it. Some people only respond and learn things after it's been explained to them. 
It's not necessary. You are not very spiritual in how you learn. Like the child in the house never says ABCs. Even when his brothers and sisters are saying A, B, C, D. You know, the older sister who is five years old, four years old, she's saying her ABCs. Then the two-year-old is there and never says anything. That's an abnormal two-year-old. Who agrees? Children know many things before they ever step into God's office. From watching and learning, baby, you're this weird child who only does things that they must be told. You're weird, John. Maybe you weren't born right, or oxygen deprivation happened when you were. So you're just there. Your brothers are saying two times two, two, two times four. Whether they are saying it wrongly or rightly. Me, to me, you should. They, you know what I mean, you join. Ah, 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 because children always join and shout when they shout it. People are laughing. They join and laugh. They are the masters of copying. You don't find yourself copying. I'm saying there's something wrong. Maybe there was something wrong with your birth. And we've known, we've seen, we are aware of children who have some physical deformity or deficiency. And they're just there, big comatose, or they can't respond normally. And, then, and this child does not seem okay. Spiritually, the same happens. In the body of Christ, there are people who don't respond normally to Christian things. You are not okay. One, you may not be a child of God. You may just be a human being that the midst of other children of God's household. That's one reason. Another reason is that you may have a funny idea in your head, like children have a fear in your heart that if I join and do this thing, like I'll give a quick example, and I saw a funny short video on it. And, and I saw it yesterday. But some of you heard it when they would tell children, don't eat oranges uh, carelessly or be careful. If you swallow the seed, it will grow out your head. I saw this short animation and the mother gave the child a watermelon and said, be careful. If you swallow the seed, it will grow out of your head. Animation. The watermelon grew out of the boy's nose. The time grew out of his ears. It grew out of, as you wake up, there will be leaves. He ended up becoming a watermelon, a fruit water. Unfortunately, many children believe these things because children believe this easily. So there are children who believe, I may become a watermelon. I may grow this thing. So I will not eat oranges at all. Children have fears sometimes, many times. Many parents don't know it, but it's real. They have fears rooted in something they have heard. And if you paid attention and found out eating that thing everybody's eating or doing that thing everybody should normally do is there's a fear inside there that says, see, you may mistakenly swallow that seed. And can you envision your future as an orange plant? And it's very real to that child. So when you say, take an orange, I say, mm-mm. And almost all of you here have had things like that in your life. That was a fear, but you didn't say it, or you didn't know how to say it, or some people you even forgot why you are afraid of it. 
but he does know that when you see orange, when you see some fruit with a seed, you pull away. Not that you don't like it, they actually want it, but I won't ask. And we've seen these kinds of things many times. There are many children of God in the household of God who refuse to join in and do the things being done there because someone told them that, listen, you see that tongues, that rabababa. <laughs> hey, that is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. There are church groups that teach that officially. Have you heard it before? So even after they've come, they got born again, let's say in this congregation. God has done wonderful things in their life in this place. All those that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come, go through the classes. We are going to pray for you and we'll pray for you to baptize in the Holy Spirit. They don't come out. Someone had told them, I hope you know the blasphemies of the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. When you open your mouth and you mistakenly speak in a tongue, that you have blasphemed. And that sits on them. And you look at them and wonder, how come when they are praying, this person keeps their eye open and looks around like an owl. The only thing is they don't go, don't look around like an owl, big owl. That's how their eyes are. Because one time so, someone told them, see, if you speak in tongues and it's not real. Some say there's no tongues, it's never real. It's ended with the apostles. Some say it is real, but if you mistakenly do the fake one. And they believe in their heart. Now the correct thing to do, child, is to say, mommy, I'm afraid of swallowing this seed. That's why I don't want to eat the orange. And mommy will say it's a lie. Don't worry. Me. Okay, let me show you. I'll swallow one now. And takes it even. Well, dad used to do that kind of thing. So I'll say, ah, ah, see, there's no. It won't grow. That's what I'm telling you now. And that child's fear is gone. By answering their question, by letting them know they can ask. Too often, children do not ask. They just stay in fear. They won't open their mouth and ask. Rather, they will believe, it happens with many children, they will go and be talking to their, their, their old, is their advisor. Years ago, I was working in an office. You know, and in that building, young people come around to attend computer classes. Often, people would attend computer classes while they are waiting for um, for admission into a tertiary institution. Or something. So, they are typically the set of people that will write jams. And I would go and share, uh, preach, share in the morning, morning devotion to them. And sometimes I'll see someone ask you, so, so what are you doing? They say, oh, I'm writing uh, my exams. And I'll ask, uh, so what cost did you put in? And they'll say something like, it will not. It's not real, man. Space engineering. And I'll ask them, who, where did you get this advice from? from? Which, which university? They say, oh, some can even say it's not in Nigeria. There are all sorts of things. And I remember when I asked them, who, who did you speak to about it? How old is your friend? My same age, how old is that? 15. They are counselor for the future of their life. 
is a 15-year-old. So 15-year-olds advise 15-year-olds. Then they write jam thrice before passing. Because when they talk twice, before that, everybody is doing what they want. It used to be very amusing to me. And I would I look at that and say, your friend, who do you say told you to do? You, are not, you don't know what you're talking about. Number one, your parents cannot afford the universities that teach that thing at all. If it's not, I'll be a bit. I was much more gentle then. Look at that. Where do you get this shoe? You have, how many shoes do you have? You say you want to read what? In which university? Which school did you attend? Oh, a government school for free. Okay, do you know the school fees of the school you're talking about is the rent money your household has paid in the last 15 years. That's the rent, that's the, that's the fees for one term, one session. That's what you want to read. You know, you didn't think about it. You thought where you don't write it and just pass. 700,000 naira to go to school. Because you're a child. There's a way your brain works. It works like a child's brain. <clears throat> you want to read this and that. What did you have in Wyatt? So you always like maths. No, I don't like maths at all. I had F, even though in my neck, C6. Almost C7, but C6. Okay, and you say you want to read maths. Yes. I'm even hoping I can do it to masters. Okay, you hate maths very much. You're very poor in maths, but you want to. Your advisors are poor quality. You don't. My point. My point is that you can only get counsel from those who know better than you. Those that are wiser than you. Not those that are as ignorant as you are. That's how counsel works. That's how counsel works. You get counsel from those that know more than you. There's the academic dimension in the body of Christ. So you want to learn, it's best you learn from those who know better in some areas of the things of scripture than you. That's in the living room of the household of God or at the dining table where they are sitting to eat. That's the form of feeding. You're being fed with knowledge. Jeremiah 3 verse 15 says, I will give them shepherds that will Feed you with knowledge and understanding. Shepherds after my own heart. What do they feed you with? Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge. So the church is a place where you get fed with knowledge. The church is a place. This is, so, why is this important? For many reasons, but one of the reasons is if you go to a place and you're not being fed with knowledge, and you're not getting more understanding constantly. All you do is sing and jump and dance. Can I suggest to you that you need to go to the other room in the church? You need to go to another aspect. You go online and find a teacher of the word. You know, don't 
Don't play church. Don't pretend to be going to church. Remember the two major aspects. It's a household. Let me emphasize it a little more before I emphasize the foundation of truth. The household is a place where you should be cared for. In a household, you hear something like this. Has that baby eaten? When did the baby eat last? Someone should feed that baby. That baby needs to be changed. He wants to sleep. She is sleepy. Carry her. I'm crying. That's why she's scratching her body. Fan her. A normal church household should have those who care for the younger ones. A healthy house, a church household should have those who care for younger ones. Many, many such things. They don't provide pastoral care. They don't know. Many Christians have grown almost like wild men. They've grown like wild creatures, like people that grew up in the caves. Like just, it's why there's so much raw behavior, even amongst Christians. They are doing this, but they are very raw. So in a household, the younger ones need to be freed of their fears, but also they need to be trained to be smooth. So you should learn with those that are learning, but also you need to be trained to act spiritually with finesse. Culture, you should, you should, you should. So what does the young child want to do, the four, five, six year old, seven, some, eight, they want to run out of their room naked. And sometimes there's a visitor. They don't run out. They're excited about something. Or they are quarreling. And you're in the parlor of your visitor. And someone arrives stark naked. Mommy, daddy. And I'm like, shh. Go back. Now wear clothes. Because they are children. They do things they shouldn't do. I'll give a quick example. You have a phone. There's a way you talk. Before you're 24 years old, send a message to you know normal. That's the way you normally talk, babe. How you day now? I didn't miss you. Ah, fine, fine girl. No pimple. This is how you've been talking. You were just found by God. They picked you up somewhere spiritually. But now you're in the household of God. Titus chapter 2 tells you how to behave, how to relate with the sisters. It tells you how to relate with the brothers. It tells you how to behave. with. It's all over the Bible, but Titus 2 condenses. It tells you how to behave with older women. It tells you how to behave with the older men. It tells you how to talk to them, how to relate. It tells you what is expected of older men, women, all of that. It tells you. Now, what happens with this guy who all his life used to was a Casanova, a player, running after girls with as many of them as possible, has had like 78 girlfriends. Now you're a child of God. Who is going to teach? Because even though he's 28 years old, spiritually, he is one week old. He is one week. He's a baby. He's the one that is, has the baby eaten. 
the 28 year old is the baby they are referring to. He's 28 years in his physical body, but spiritually, he's an infant, a bephros in the Greek, newborn in the sea, baby. Of mess a 42 year old newly born again person can make. A 10 year old born again child cannot make the same kind of mess. You know the difference between a small baby's poop and a grown up person's poop? That explanation is enough. I don't have time to explain more. Grown up people that got born again newly, the impact. There's a blog I wrote or the website called In the Days of Your Youth. Go and read it. In the Days of Your Youth. At our website, g-lh.org. Read it. Young people especially. Everyone, I encourage you to read it and share I'll give you a quick illustration. Let's say she's 17 years old. 17. She's newly born again. And then she, she breaks a plate. She's born again. She got born again two weeks ago. And they ask, who broke that plate? It's not me. Because she's afraid of what her auntie will do. And her auntie shouts and goes to the other girl that has been, her nickname is Breaker. <laughs> Rebecca. Breaker, breaker. <laughs> they even changed her, her name. <laughs> you got this girl, one week, one breakage. She has a gift. It is to separate things that we once joined together. Somehow, we don't know how it came, but the power she had. And look at this stand. It is Sister Newbie. She broke it, but she denies it. Normal. So, Auntie comes. I'm sure it's you. She it's not me, Auntie. Auntie, where is me? You know that. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. She cries. She's very unhappy and very sad. She's been accused falsely. And that is responsible for her sorrow. But that sorrow passes away. When Auntie comes back with new shoes for everybody, two days later, <laughs> sister has forgotten. It's not beating. They have been beating all the breaking your train. And it ends there. Yeah, there might be some bitterness, but and Sister Nubi will be feeling guilty. I've confessed, but this is what happened. Let's speak. Brother Kanan, newly born again, 42 years old, working in the office to the secretary to the state government, who mistyped something and that were listed for promotion. Or was told by someone, see, this account that they say you should calculate. Write this, write this, forget it. And you say, give me the original thing, leave that thing. I say, write what I said. Or I'll make it worth your while. And the man put 20,000 into his hand and he took it. And when they ask, they say, did, did you see he lies? He says, yes, I saw it. Fast forward, auditors are doing audits two years later. That matter comes up and they blame 
someone else. Maybe EFCC even arrested the person because of his life. This is the difference between the mess left by a young Christian and a grown-up Christian. The consequences are greater. They tend to be greater. The impact on people. One wrong choice like this, the ripple effect just goes, which is why it is good to know God in your youth. You are angry. She's angry. What's the worst thing that can happen when she's angry? When she entered the room, she slammed the door a bit harder. Bam! Listen, if you break my door, do you know how they build a house? Come here. Well, the fathers of those days used to. The fathers of those days, I don't know what they do. They complain. Say, if you hit that door again, our fathers, you don't even do it, sir. So I don't know what they do. You don't do things like that. Or you break And they lay hands on it, fold it. It's usually a sound. Sounds like the knocking of a door. Boom! Small earthquake in your head. You could swear you heard a crack. You wouldn't do it. You close that door gently. So entering that room. That's what. She's angry. So she slammed the door. Bam! And she, she was walking away from her mother. What happens when a grown-up is angry? I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him. And you leave out his own. Because you left out his name, his salary is less by 15,000 naira. They raised other people's salary by 15,000 naira. They did not increase his own for the two years or three. Because a, a grown-up new Christian, a Christian that is grown-up, was angry. effect is bigger. This ogre that had borrowed some money, seeing that, don't worry, my promotion is coming up. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just give me 150. Don't worry. In 10 months, I paid you. 10 months times 15,000 is how much? 150,000. But that money has not been added because some... What is the situation now? Ogre, they owe 150,000 naira. That's how they came and carried his generator. Because of carrying his generator, the thing his wife used to blend to sell and refrigerate could not be sold. Because it could not be sold. The school fees for the other two children that the wife's business used to support could not be supported. So the children stayed at home. Because the children stayed at home, the neighbor that stays at home, but is a pervert, came when everybody went out to work and molested the child. I should go on. The implication of... You can never... Put, one reason why I know people don't talk about these things, I do once in a while, show you the possible effect of sin. Why do you think God hates sin so much? You have no idea of where to end. 200 years still going. That's how good and evil work. The ripple effect. It just keeps going. Which is why we need the mercy of Jesus and healing and forgiveness because the pain. If you think about it, you, you go depressed. 
So we run to Jesus. He forgives. Pay him. The Bible says in Hosea 10, it says, so in righteousness you reap in mercy. As you keep obeying him, as other people are obeying God too, the ripple effect of righteousness counters the ripple effect of wickedness and sin. Do you understand? You don't think that because that woman who lost her generator to the creditor suddenly had a new angel. But someone that is born again somewhere might have told that woman, oh, you don't have a generator. Come and be using my house now. Come. come. We always have light. Because you act like a Christian. The countermeasure to the effect of sin is the effect of righteousness. It's not that, oh, you got born again. Suddenly, the, all the ripple, ripples from your wrongdoing was corrected. It's not true. It's not true at all. You stole someone's tire or battery. Because of that, they couldn't go to work. They used public transport when they would have joined their own vehicle. In that public transport, the man that took the car was a kidnapper. He asked for two million ransom. That you got born again, didn't change it. Someone lost two million. They sold all the land in the family were lost because you stole battery of 24,000 naira. 2 million was you never know the effect of sin you don't need to know you just need to know it is bad is everyone following me this is why God says you shouldn't sin don't sin sin you cannot control where it is going long after you said I'm sorry after speaking telling lies against him People are passing it down to their children. That man, <laughs> that man, that man is a thief now. Ah, someone exposed him. The guy was his, he was living with him in the same house. They exposed him, they thief. This is after the person that had gone and apologized, gotten born again and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for lying against you. But the story lives on. 80 years later, people are telling their grandchildren, stay away from Mr. Blue Shirt. It's a family of thieves. You cannot control where it is going. When God says, don't sin, just believe him and avoid sin. This thing you're doing is so attractive now, you cry about it. If not now, in the age to come, you cry. Don't do it. Cramp your style. Limit your enjoyment. It's trying to protect you and other people. There's no sin you commit that you can really stop and say, no, I committed this sin and the effect was not real. No, 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 no. You see, my own sins. Listen. When I sin, it doesn't affect anyone except me. There's no such sin. Or can you, some of you are like, no, no, my own sin is personal. Tell me, what's that your sin? Let me help you expand. Not you, God forbid, it's not you, it's your neighbor's sin. Tell me your neighbor's sin. Mention something you think that, no, it's like anybody. Even if it is something, a private wrongdoing you do. As you came out, God said, preach to that guy. 
The devil told you, you preach. <laughs> you won't respect yourself and be going where you're going. When people are preaching, you don't to preach. You watch it. Ah, be going away. And this person needed to be preached to. Because this guy was trying to commit suicide later today. You know, one of those days that people went to a house to preach. What did they even say they saw? Who were the people that went? Anthony and who? What did that guy that came here? After that. Did he have a rope on his neck or what? Nobody. New, new people. Sorry. But two of our people went to preach to someone. The guy had, I think it was breathing. Something. I think he had a rope on his neck. He was trying to commit suicide and then they came and knocked the door. So, so I think he paused. Emperor. <laughs> yeah. You never need to be. What the guy stood here and said it. I know I'm not normally here when they give testimonies. So when I preach, you don't say I'm taking your testimony to preach against me. But and I'm usually doing something else. But the point is he testified about some suicidal he was wanting to he was doing it also. And they came and knocked us up. So this bro, you don't know what he's planning to do. And God said, preach to him. And, and because of your personal shame, you refuse to preach to him. You pass. And he goes and gets into trouble. And sin is not personal. All sin is corporate. All sin affects many people. Every sin. It affects more people than you know. It is why another reason we need Jesus because if you if anyone says me I'm sinless I'm righteous you I'm you're not you don't it's a lack of understanding that is making you say that and you start listening I have not done this I have not done this I have not committed this okay forget about committing what about the things that you are meant to have done that you did not do the things you do that are bad. They are the things you ought to do that are good. And you didn't do it. So it's not that till you slap him and then you, they say you've sinned. No. You were to talk to him. God was telling you specifically. Talk to him. Talk to him. There are three people in that vehicle. And God was pointing him to you. And you're like, no, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Don't worry. After I take a day's fast and pray, fast and cleanse and bath in the blood of Jesus it's why you don't sin. Don't sin. And if you do sin, First John chapter 2 says that you have an advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus is the one. You should have turned to him and received forgiveness. Gone, ask for forgiveness. To someone confess it and be prayed for. James 5 verse 16 says you should confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit. Or Jesus in heaven was talked about a fellow human being. Some sins need to be com- confessed to people, especially if it's something else. You need to tell someone. Sometimes a simple prayer by someone else will bring release and wholeness. Okay? So a household is a place for peace, for family, for rest, for comfort, for relaxation, for gist, for laughter for training. Those different rooms should push you in different directions. You should be able to rest in the house of God. 
when your life is all agitated and you are weak and tired, life has done you all sorts of things. The household of God is a place where you should be able to come and find rest, like a place of rest. In our, this our local assembly, where our people are in different places, different states at a time, with time, you know, since many are, the demographic here are young people, you know, mostly in tertiary, you know, we're just by university. So we have lots of students. And, you know, that's, it used to be maybe 98, or almost 99, but with time, some of them are done with school now. So it's up about 95% now. And um, so they go for youth service, they get a new job, they just start, they start in the job market and all of that. Sometimes they are tired, they are weary, spiritually they are dry and all that. One of the best ways they recover is by coming back, literally. Some of them, they may be able to meet other brethren out there. Then they find some rest. If you, but sometimes it's hard because many churches are not run like spiritual households. Only like classrooms. I wanted to point that out. You have education in the house of God. That's why it's the pillar and ground of truth. It's the place where you are grounded in the truth. Established in truth. You are taught the truth. Psalm 34 says, Come children, let me teach you the fear of God. Taught the truth. What? Give it to me. What verse? 10, 11? 11. Come children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So this is something... You're supposed to get in the household of God. You're supposed to get an education in the fear of the Lord. Okay? Supposed to get an education. But that's not all. First, uh, uh, um, 1 Timothy 3.15 said also that you are supposed to know that is the church of the living God. is the household the household, a house. You can sleep in a house. So what do we do when people communicate with their shepherds or their, the pastoral uh, care uh, pastor, the person over them, responsible for helping them, mentoring them personally. Everyone is assigned to someone if they are part of this house. They reach out and they talk to them and say, I'm feeling very dry. I'm, I'm stumbling. I'm struggling with them. I don't even know what's happening. Sometimes, many times, you actually say, come home, travel, come. And they leave Lagos and they come. They leave Abuja and they come. They leave Kaduna and they come. And they stay for one, two. And they are revitalized. They feel strong. They are happy. They are all is well. Things are restored. They come without, sometimes they are talking to anybody. Maybe only the pastor told them, eh, why don't you come or send their message? Come during the weekend now. Come and stay. And they come back. They can stay anywhere. Whoever they stay with breath. Then they start being restored. They receive strengthening. Someone has a dream about them. Shares it with them. Someone has a word about them. They come like in a house. You know, we have prayer teams and all that. We say, go to the prayer team. You know, don't tell them anything. Just go. And they sit with a, a, one of the prayer teams on a Sunday like that. Pray for the new first timer, and they start telling them things about their life that nobody knows. 
Nobody knows what happened to you in Kaduna. But God knows. And because you went and sat down with family, it's the household. You sat down and they just prayed for you briefly. And they said, as I was praying, it seems I saw with choices. And, and they start saying it's true. It's true. It's when I started wondering. I had two job offers. But I'm wondering, is it God's will? There's one here and there's one here and this. And then after that, this happened. Then they call me from home. Then this. So you, know, you hear words like, I see worry. And you're very worried. I see someone not sleeping. And it's like many nights. I see fear. And they say, yes, my father has been sick for, for, for two months now. And they say the doctor. So all these things are the reason why there's this heaviness. All these things are the reason why this person is, you know, so they, some of that, they start saying, is God. I thought I've served God. Why are these challenges? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? I want us to understand that family is a place where you should be able to rest. You should be able to come in and you are no longer under a weight. Many people are under a weight. You're busy. Maybe in that place, they are leaders, you know, they, they have responsibility. People are looking up to them. When they come here, all that tension is removed. So I'm explaining what the household of God should be. It should be a place where you can rest. Rest. Expectations. Even here, when we have leaders, I have people leading. After a while, in a healthy church, if you know, should be able to tell the brother at the time, he was leading this department, they're always so busy. You tell them, you can pause, let someone else do it. <sighs> so he can pause. Have two leaders, or one above, one below, then you swap it around. So this one is relieved. A household of God should... You should be able to have rest. Not that from that time he was appointed the head deacon in 2013. The brother is pushing. He has pushed him. He never has personal time to pray. He never has personal time. Why? Because he has to be at pastor's house by 6 a.m. To give report for this. He never rests. So there has to be times of rest. Are you understanding what a household is? Uh, some of you will be pastors tomorrow. It's not a title. It's a job. Even people in the world know to give people leaves. They say you are on leave. They give you a period to rest. Those who don't know they should rest. And you think, no, that's a human contraption. You don't know God. Every seven days, it's called the... Like, even if you didn't know, just, you know how you copy from your person? Every, se the seventh day is called the Sabbath. Now the Bible calls them the Sabbaths of God, the rests of God. God forced it. He said, if you walk on that day, they will kill you. Don't walk. He forced the rest. That's how it, periods of rest are. You must cease from your activity. You must stop. For those that like walking, people like us that you want to be doing something at every time, it's, it needs more faith to stop walking than now there's the other type of people. Okay? They believe that God said six days you shall rest. You shall walk. 
It is not so, it's the opposite to, it is six days you walk, on the seventh you rest. <laughs> young people, young people, <laughs> you know, you read the Bible like this. You're supposed to be walking, generating results. It's godly. It's a, this is before there was sin. God already decided, let them rest. It's not because of sin you rest. But plus sin, Abba, you may need to rest even more. So resting is normal. You pause. I am explaining this rest. Periods where pressure to deliver anything. Okay? Not that pressure to deliver anything. You just seize and trust and depend on others. You depend on others. You 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 you, you are not the producer, the results during that time you are resting the bible did not say on sabbath they did not eat they ate but they were not laboring bending over digging the ground they were not walking they were not straining they were peaceful is this clear to have periods of rest it is his will amen the household of God is a place of rest. I've said it's a place of what do you have written now? Earlier on, it's a place of what? Earlier on. Don't use big words, I didn't use them. Okay, you said training. It's training, it's part of it, but what's the first thing I said? What's the first thing I said? First. I remember very clearly using the word education. It's nothing you tell me that will change. School is a place for education, yes? It's also a place for practical education. I bundled it. So that thing you call training, which is practical education, is still education. Where you hear and do. Reading your Bible is education. Studying Bible studies. Teaching like I'm doing now is education. Practicalizing, praising God, praying. You are being educated in how to communicate with God. But also, I've said a household is a place of rest. That feeding is how you get it to get educated. As well, educated. Also, rest. What else do you do in a house? I said it at the beginning, but you can repeat it. What else is in a house, in normal household? Someone said laughter. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hmm? You know in a normal household, when I said relax, you know you should laugh. You know in certain classes, classrooms, you may not laugh at all, right? In a normal house, there should be laughter. It's not a normal house. If someone cannot laugh, everybody, good morning. Did you ever watch Sound of Music? Beep! Beep! <laughs> Some of you don't know why you like the film. Apart from the music, it is when our family went from being a military regiment 
in a household. That's what makes your heart. That's one reason. I know people, they could watch that film once a day, every day. A house is a place for relaxation, for laughter, for joy. It's not a place for. And people laugh. Or I go to a place and the preacher says something funny. I laugh. If you have a disease that does not allow your mouth to curve upwards, you know how people have problems. You only shape your mouth and it knows how to go it the other way. May God heal you. Amen. I said this at different times in the past that there are people, including our beloved John Wesley and some, that felt that laughing. Uh, so some people have had an outlook on life that is too severe. Too severe and it rubs off. Certain brethren, certain church group, it looked like life. And the pastor must never say anything funny. How dare, this is the house of God. That's exactly why I'm preaching about it. In a household, it's not just the house, it's the household of God. In normal houses, people laugh. So if they have not been laughing in your house, we see. They better be laughter inside your house. They better be. If it, there's nothing like, no, that's your own family. You are abnormal. You're a dysfunctional family. They better be laughing. Someone will not laugh in the office. They cannot laugh in the house. Where would they laugh? In private. Is it not in the house? Or you, they don't open the Bam! Who was laughing inside here? The father is with a big kid. I don't want to hear that thing, Mr. This is a Christian house. The child would never want to be. <laughs> you choose Islam. <laughs> you walk here and find your child studying war religions. You don't know why. <laughs> then they can't laugh. You should be able to laugh. All right. So some people remember what I said earlier. Some people have been taught wrongly. You've been told laughing. No. Once a, a, a child of God cannot be known for mirth. Mirth. Joy like that. For we have a sober calling. Sober and weighty. <laughs> Titus did say that the older men. Give me Titus chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 says that the things that are consistent with sound doctrine should be spoken. Older men are to be one, temperate, two, dignified. Okay. <laughs> Give me another translation. <laughs> Give me this dignified. Self-control, all the rest, sound in faith, love, perseverance, yeah, but you know. Older men are to be worthy of respect. You know, different words. Give me King James. It says sober. <laughs> I'm telling you where it comes from. You know, when you read only King James, there's a way you end up. <laughs> so here I am. I am, I am the preacher. 
I'm sober. I'm not drunk. <laughs> and when you see grave, you think of a grave. <laughs> Boom. Children of God, I gather here this morning to mourn. Sorry. <laughs> God is pleased. That they are so sober. Correct children. Who wants to be around a child? You see a child that is like this, but every time you say well behaved. No. You see a doctor. What kind of child is that? When there are children in the house, there's noise, there's laughter. Sometimes it's both sides, yeah. But there's life. There is life. That's a sign of life. When signs of life are gone, you must see a physician. You must enter the intensive care unit. You must be brought of skilled physicians. If you don't do it, it means you don't understand. When a church family does not have camaraderie, relational interaction that is amicable, something is wrong. Good morning, brother. Good morning, brother, sister, brother, sister. One reason why we don't really call ourselves brother, sister in this church, years ago I told them that you, how many siblings do you have? Three. Does that include you? Four of you. Put brother in front of before you talk to them or sister. You just call them their name. You go. Only child? Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. You say brother, sister? The age difference is that one comes by your uncle. Okay. But the other one that you are almost close. They even add brother, so they need your brother. Do you understand what I just said without saying it? Typically, you don't say brother to your brother. They are what they are. Eh? Nyekan. Can that in English? Brother in I'm not saying they seem to say brother to them because most know themselves later and they were grown up. So it's almost like an expression of respect. Oh, brother Michael. Welcome. And he answered, ah, brother. So, you know, because they are older. But thankfully, most of our, of our congregation came when they were younger. In their teens and early adulthood. And I told them, from the early, say normal people that actually relate like brother and sister. Don't put a title in front of it. There's no prefix. Bishop. So even those who were over others, pastoring them in some form or the other, I didn't tell them, call them this and that. Only once was that the very core leadership, the first group of it, and I said, brother, this and sister, just to help others that come to know, okay, those ones who are amongst the core leadership, the rest. So that's almost like a title, I think. But the rest, normal, and you won't even notice it. They just call themselves their names and all of that. It's something I purposely did. It helps you be more real, not fake. Ah, brother, uncle, brother, sister. Uh, uh, but you don't, you are not living up to whatever title. The important thing is you live up to what you're meant to do. Act like a brother and sister and there's no need for titles. Is that clear? 
If you act like one, then what's the... And I've seen them have very amazing relationships. Very amazing, where many almost seem closer to the church brethren than their biological brethren. Because you act like it, you live like it, you share what you have with them like their brethren. Why the need for that? I'm not take note of what I said. I didn't say you should go and start telling people in their fellowship groups. Stop calling each other brother, sister. There's nothing wrong with it. I've explained why we do. Except in rare circumstances. So a family has played. What were we addressing this time? What? Relaxation. You can laugh in a family. It's when you're in your house that you should be able to, maybe you're watching something together or someone is talking about something. Some people, you're too sober. The head of a family, you know. As your children grow older, even when they're young, when you have devotions, especially night devotions, okay, let it be acceptable that they can, when, when you don't just, don't just say, all right, everybody, settle. This is a sober time. No. You can, all right, let's share testimonies. That's something that, um, you know, we try to do with time. I learned. I didn't do everything from the beginning. I, I, I keep learning, you know, and you no, know, all right, who has a testimony? So today, hmm, a car. I don't know what happened to the driver. Didn't it just, if there's something funny in it, if there's something, you know, you laugh about it, just relax. That interpretation of prayer time being a time for endlessly sober reflection is not... Okay? So you can... You're not praying yet. You're talking as a family. You talk about it. So how was... Anyone else a testimony? Or a question or something? So you just... You can just during that time. When that time is over, then you can, all right, let's, and then, uh -huh, you want to share the Bible or do anything else and pray, then you do that, okay? So bring laughter into your household, but you won't do it, you know, it does a lie to come naturally. There were times I would say, testimonies, nobody raised their hand, but with time, till sometimes there are too many. So you look around, there are 10 people and you say testimonies and So instead of, and the actual time we may pray that night may not be so long. But people were able to relax, talk, learn from each other, advice, even, yeah, even, you know, point out things that might be found humorous by others. In those times, nobody has ever been wounded by that. It's good for the soul. Have you read that laughter does good like, like what? What does good like medicine? Laughter. Laughter. Why don't people laugh more? Laugh more. Oh, I know why. It's free. I woof the pain belly. Did you, you didn't hear me. Laughter helps your health. I, once in a while, I have to remind my hearers. Some of you, you're sick because you don't laugh. That's all. 
the good that laughter does is similar to the good that medicine does. Some people, your the shape of your face is too straight. Who knows that when you laugh, that endorphins are released into your body. Endorphins are chemicals inside your body. They are in glands. They are secreted, released into your body. They have healing. God put it inside you. You didn't know, now you do. So all that, <clears throat> you have, there are health issues you have that are a result of your not laughing. For real. Do, even doctors know. Do, I don't mean, they know that laughing helps you. So be laughing in this world. Not like a madman. Okay? Don't laugh like that. Michael Jackson thriller. Whoever had thriller and they laughed at the end. <laughs> no, he didn't do it. He didn't do it properly. He only did it partially. The first time I heard that laughter. Some of you are too young. I'm tempted to play it, but people might backslide. In another country. We were in my house. In 1980, three was released in 83 or 84. We were in Ekbo Street, Calabar. As we were inside, I think it was a Saturday or something. We heard outside. The way we ran outside. We ran outside to see. Like this madness. You know how some madness has degree. Huh? Have you ever seen a newly mad person? Fresh madness. Have you seen fresh madness? There's a quality about it. Then, advanced. Today, as we were coming, someone in the car said, This man, he's getting, I don't know how she said it, I didn't hear what, but something like, he's getting madder. <laughs> that he used to be better dressed. Now, you can see his hair tangled with some things, but he was wearing, you know. But she said, he said, I used to dress much better and all that. That's almost two years ago. So he's gotten more and more crazy. You know, he's degenerating. Now there's levels. So this madness, the laughter we had, was the laughter of someone who's mad. Not undergraduate. It was terrible. What we understood happened is that our neighbor, who had that song, obviously, when he got to that part, he raised the volume to the highest. Do you get so? <laughs> it was most funny. Now, don't laugh like that. Point. Don't laugh like you are mad. But you can laugh. Children tend to be healthier and better and more fit and all that because they don't care that much. I mean, younger children. They are children that are like old people. I mean, I mean, five, six, seven years. You know, they are free. Those. You know, now I know when we are older, yes, I can't laugh how my younger kids laugh, my kids laugh. I can't laugh like that, but I will laugh. You know, you say something funny, I'm going to laugh. I don't care how, if the color blocks me, I'll remove it and laugh. <laughs> laugh about it, I won't care, even if I'm preaching, I will laugh. I'm not laughing as medicine, I'm just laughing. It's funny. Why are you not laughing? Who spoil your laughter? 
Do it and it will help your health. It's not till pastor prays. On Friday, I was praying for sickness. Not till you pray that you get well. It's like eating properly. Over time, it keeps you healthier. Taking medication is less useful than eating properly. So learn to practice long-term versions of things. Do you understand? There's the long-term version of things. Laughing. Sleeping when you should sleep. Resting. Those things have long-term effect on you. That is better. Is this okay? <clears throat> Nobody mentioned, but I told you that a household must have a bathroom and a toilet. A bathroom is a toilet. Household is a place for cleaning up, getting rid of things inside and outside that are not okay. Internal and external cleansing is supposed to happen in the household of God. Do you know what hypocrisy does? It makes uncover inside the house. Therefore, you become a hypocrite, pretending that there's nothing dirty ever happening in your life. In a true household of God, you have to have toilet facilities. You have to have facilities. It is proper that in that structure, you should be able to talk to someone and say, please, I need someone to help bathe me. I can't bathe myself. I am three years old. I can never wash my back. I can't reach. Have you seen a child back? Where did they start? Bah. Soap. Always too much soap. If there's a sponge, half of the soap has moved to the sponge. Then they'll rub it around their stomach. Then they'll rub small here. Then they'll do like this. Then God knows what else they do. Then the back is as dry as the end of the day. And then Done. Therefore, there's an age where you need to be helped to be cleaned up. But how can you be helped when you won't remove your clothes? When you won't uncover your nakedness? When you won't open up and tell the truth? How did you want to be, please? How did you want to become clean of the debts you have picked up? How? If you not humble yourself and go down and squat, how will you get rid of the hidden things that are not clean inside you. How will you be purged of your filth? The things in your mind. If you not humble yourself, go down. There is a process. Go. Or your tummy will hurt. And you will be unhealthy. And you have constipation. And you have issues. For those who don't know, the gut, the tummy, the large intestine, that area is referred to as the second brain. You hear in my gut. People sense things. The primary, let me say a primary, but it's probably the primary source or place that affects your health is the state of your stomach. By that, I'm including the intestinal Abdominal region, the, your, your digestion, it affects your health directly. Directly. 
how you eat, what you eat, when you eat. So what you eat affects you. If you eat bad food, you're fed not with knowledge, confusion. With confusion, you're fed with falsehood. It affects your whole spiritual life. You must watch what goes in because the bad things you've taken in have to be expelled. You have to get rid of it. You, you have to let it go. You are not to keep it. Has anyone here had constipation before? That, those were the best days of your life, yes? You were very comfortable. You're looking forward to your next constipation. How many of you suffered? You know, you... Did you, did you burp and it was the smell of your stomach? Was it horrible? Did you hate the idea of constipation? Many children of God, you are constipated. That's your spiritual health issue. And while you are doing one thing up, you need to, you see, you've been backed up. Your piping is blocked. With your holding back, you won't open up, you won't confess, you won't tell the truth, you won't let them know. I'm too ashamed, I'm too ashamed, I'm too ashamed, I'm too ashamed. Some people, the one is because you refuse to use the toilet in school. Yeah. So you held it too long. You travel to that place where the toilet was not clean, you held it back. You held it back so long, your stomach blocked. When you got to where there was a toilet, it wouldn't come out. Holding back on clean things, wrong things, dirty things, false things, it constipates your spirit and soul. It tampers with your ability to take in more. That's why you see people stagnate and they are no more growing. They are no more able you're, you're blocked with old past bad stuff. God wants you to let it go. Are you hearing me? Yes. And to do that, you must humble yourself. James 5, talk to someone. Okay? If you're online, as happens sometimes, feel free to reach out to us. Our numbers, the email address. Someone personal will talk to you. Someone specific. You know, follow through with that on WhatsApp. Could be Telegram, you know, whoever, if you reach out, we will assist. I'm talking to those online. If you're here physically, even if this is your first time and you're like, yes, these things you're saying, I would like to. After this meeting, feel free to ask for a phone number. Say, can I? Yeah, I want to talk to someone later. If you're in New York, feel free to come back during the week. Get a number, reach out, fix an appointment. But don't stop holding, don't harm yourself. Why should you harm yourself? And spiritually, you're creating a sting. Creating a sting. A bad smell. You are not able to eat anymore. Your belly is full. Don't be unhappy when you can be happy. Alright? I've given you some things that the household of God is. And how it should be. And 
I, I will take some questions soon and then we'll pray and be done. But I encourage everyone here to determine that in this world, your experience will be the happiest or most peaceful it can be. Okay? The woman of God and said, please pray for me, I have constipation. The man obviously knew some things. He, he had been a Buddhist before, a Hindu, one or the other. He knew some things. This man didn't know. And he said, pray for what? Go and eat papaya. Go and eat popo. What are you talking about? Now, for those who don't know, popo is in an international so cut popo and put on it. That's why you never put popo. Let me do that thing I do where I teach you everything, including the Bible. When they say make fruit salad, and the visitors are coming, prepare it and put it in the fridge. Don't ever put papa in it. Don't put papa in anything. Keep it by itself. Even works on its own self. Sir. Don't cut it here. Leave the papa alone. When it's, they need it, cut it, then throw it in. And if you know they are going to go and keep it and not eat it nearly, still don't put it. Keep it separate. When you are serving, then you dish. Mix the rest, then Papa put it from a separate. Papa makes everything soft. Power of Papa. So you have constipation, eat Papa, it will go in and it will seep all the way through and says, you know, it's very powerful. It's, it's, it's what it is. God created different things for different purposes. And those who know. <laughs> so the man said, no, I'm not praying for that. They are things in the body of Christ. Are you listening to me? There are things that work like papaya in the body of Christ, included in that thing. Is sound teaching. It softens hardened conditions. Your worship, sincere worship, sincere worship, Adoration of God sincerely softens hardened situations. You take your eyes off yourself and you focus. And they're singing a song. You may not know it, but it's simple. And it's talking about the Lord and his goodness. And you sing along. Maybe the 15th time you said it, the purpose work will begin. And that God will start Changing things within you. Changing, softening things within you. Till your heart, which heart. Now I know very many people that have experienced this. Your heart that it used to be when you hear truth preach, you're like, hmm, well, I wish I could do this thing you're saying, but I can't. So, well, I've tried. It's not working. Because you are hardened. If you will eat the proper servings of God's different Every time you come, you come when they are serving pineapple, which causes gas, gassy, or coconut, or one other fruit or the other. That's when you came, or you came, you come for church meeting. I, I, you know, I've seen this happen many years. I've seen the church is that is like is like. <clears throat> It's like the spirit that disturbed them can see what will be preached and said and done during that meeting. They will never be in church at certain times. Never. So they only see one side, one aspect of things. I've been in meetings and sometimes I'm like, 
oh, I wish this person were here. In my mind, I'm thinking it. Because this is the perfect serving for them. But that's the day they chose. No, that day I was tired. I went home. I went home. I went to rest. Oh, if you had a class, if you had a job that closes by 7, hey, would you have gone home to rest? No, you wouldn't have. Because money is involved. This one is only church now. But that's the day they serve the purple. For your stony heart. You know, there was a meeting we had some months ago. <clears throat> I not say a lot, okay, but this specific meeting, as I was wrapping up, praying, and then, you know, as I was hearing the Holy Spirit say, I said, some of you here, your hearts are very hard, your eyes are very dry, you have not cried, you have not <clears throat> gone through this for a long time. God is going to heal you now. Might in February or so. <clears throat> I think the day I was singing Bright Light or some new song. Was it? Bright Light or some. And all that. And maybe or that second version of Shining Jesus or something. You should get the message and listen to it. Please find it. Make it available. If you're online, ask for it. I began to... Why? Because usually the unction, the anointing that was on the message stays many times. So go listen to that message. Silence your life. Close the door and listen to the message to the end. I just hope they haven't cut out the music. You know, just flow along with it and you bring healing. I remember, you know, saying that people that have not cried, you know, it was very interesting to hear later that different people said that that very day, some said during morning devotion, we talked about it. Another one said before the meeting, I was just talking with someone. Another one says I was just praying to God that day. Another one that my heart is so hard that it seems as if I'm so the God who is good and loving answered their prayers and touched and all over the house so many people were crying you know people that say I haven't cried in years some said whether since they were small like a child you know they can't remember crying all sorts of things and they just broke down God just you know and brought healing from deep within because he can. So that day you can say there was the serving was mostly purple in the spirit, was mostly papaya. And God changed hearts that had stiffened and hardened. They were still Christians. They were still coming to church. They were still doing what they tell them. It was just motions. But that day they felt a tenderness, a love, a a, a childlikeness. Restored. God wants to do this for us. He wants to do it for everyone. You are not supposed to be stony. A stony heart is a terrible, it's a horrible condition. You're supposed to have a tender heart. King Josiah, God said to King Josiah, because you had a tender heart, I will keep you from these troubles. Having a broken and contrite spirit. The Bible says God is close to have a broken and contrite spirit. God wants you to be soft. He wants you to be yielded. Amen? I want to take any questions you might have about anything we've shared. Going with the direction...
things went during this meeting, I know for certain that there are people here who definitely have wondered about how what is supposed to happen in church. I've told you the things that some of the things that are meant to happen. You're meant to have rest, relaxation. You're meant to have peace. You're meant to have provision. That's your to be fed. You're meant to have, I didn't talk about companionship, sorry. You're meant to have family, companionship. Brethren, older brothers and sisters. You're also meant to have younger brothers. You know, sometimes people go to a church and they say, can you imagine, look at that one. This one too, said they are a Christian. And you're judging people as everybody is at the same level. How do you judge those three year, two year old, three year olds? How do you judge a one year old when they are causing trouble during a church meeting? Don't you go like hmm. children. In the same way, how do you know that brother or sister that you're pointing at and gossiping about is not just a child acting like a child and you, that you are the one that is 12 years old in the spirit. I don't mean if they assess you spiritually, you're like a 12 year old and the other one might be one and a half years old. That's why they are selfish like that. That's why they act up. That's why in the meeting, they can express anger. They're having men's meeting because they said all the men, men's group, women, youth group. And then you look at the guy, he's tall, he's handsome, he has a deep well. And he's bold. We want to vote who will be the youth leader. And the guy is a cool guy. And then you voted him president of youth group. Meanwhile, he got born again. In the last semester, before he came for holidays. Exactly three weeks. Four days. You just voted him president of a youth fellowship. There are people that have been born again, walked with God for five years. You put the three-week-old over because he's tall, handsome, like Saul, King Saul. And he comes in there where everyone wants you need to serve. You know, I'm hoping by the grace of God that I'll be able to successfully um, perform my duties. You know, I give a shout-out to all my peeps. Everybody's And then next he has a relationship with like 18 girls in that church. And you say, can you imagine? Is this church? What a mess. I would look for only one person, the pastor. And tell him he shouldn't be a pastor. That you could release a baby over the no, no, the guy looks like well behaved. His parents, his parents did what? What's the connection between his parents and him? That guy just, did you ask him about, you know, I've seen people, our people go to churches, they don't even enter, they already start offering them position. They don't even ask. I mean, so our people, there are times we, we didn't meet. I say, go and join another church. They'll end. They'll say, come now, come and join. Do you know if she's mommy, water spirit? No, anything to have members, anything to impress, anything. You care nothing about reality. Just want what looks good. And the guy looks good, you know. 
And when he puts on that, uh, um, let, what do we call this touch? Radical for Christ. Radical for Christ. Radical. That's what you like. You, pastor, child, members, children, everybody, a baby. Don't do things like that. You must follow a principle. So the house of God is a place for older brothers and sisters. You may be, you always have someone younger than you. And you always have people older than you. Act like your age. That's what the church of God is for. The household of God is a place where you can have not just mommy and daddy, not just senior pastor, pastoral staff taking care of you. Anybody can carry the young and my last child is walking about terrorizing everybody as is their character doing something and coming here and running and doing something you know everybody understands the child sometimes another sibling comes and passes that sibling may be four years older than him. another or eight nine or ten or twelve year old may pass he said take this boy downstairs let them give him food go and give him something or give him water it's normal. Nobody thinks that's abnormal. It should be so in the body of Christ. I should be able to say, um, okay, yeah, what you ask me, okay, uh, come, please answer him. Go, he'll, he'll get, get. It should be simple. Not, okay, uh, I'll see you on, um, appointments are for four days by, by between 10 and 2. Make sure 10 to 2. If he doesn't see me between 10 to 2, there's no scene. That's how he carries his question around for two years. Because he couldn't see the senior pastor. So, you mean the small boy should only drink water because daddy went to the fridge? No. Give him water. The moment you said it, you've forgotten it. So it should be in a healthy house. But it cannot be if you do not teach the older ones to know where the water is. To, 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 to know how if you did not teach them, how do you expect them to do it? So, the church of God is a place for siblings, for relationship, for support, encouragement. Oh, no, it's okay. Let him sleep in your bed. Uh, he's, he's not feeling well in case he wants water at night. Just normal things. So, your brother and sister may have to come and stay in your house. For some days. Because they are not feeling well. It's a normal. There shouldn't be anything abnormal. I have seen and heard. Many, many places. I'll hear. You hear people say. You know you cannot trust anybody. The whole church says yes. So. Okay. What I'm All those things are abnormal. It shows that church is not normal. That's not a healthy house. That is a dysfunctional household. But the house of God is not dysfunctional. Alright? Before I start answering the question, the second part, I have touched on it, but I won't stress it. Truth. The church is a place where you are to be founded. They dig the ground. Matthew 7. The wise man is the one who dug deep and built his house on the rock. That's what the church is. It's the place we are supposed to be Firmly planted. So when someone comes and tells you a lie, you tell them it's not true. Not true. And they tell you, why do you say it's not true? And you say, wait, they touch me. Wait, wait. And you go and get your notes. If you don't know it well enough by yourself, you open your notes. <laughs> then you open. Open. Revelation. So you can answer the one who asks you. Or even if you can't answer, you say, 
It's not true. Hey, come, come, come and meet my other brother. Come and meet. Okay, wait. Hey, and you call your brother. Chapel, come, come, come. These people said that Jesus did not die. <laughs> you see now. Then you sit down and watch the older one answer. This one. Because you recognize. You know what some people do? You try to answer everything even when you don't know the answer. That's how you be goofing. They'll start convincing you. People that you should not even have met. You should not. How can it be you? Four years old. They do boom, boom, boom at the front door. A four years old. Yes, he is that. And starts heading. How many of you know four year old should not answer doors? How many of you think it's normal for a four year old to go and answer the door? We pray for you now. A four year old has no business going. How many of you know if you're. When a visitor comes, you hear your younger sibling run and go and open the door that they need a flogging and soon. That's how someone will open the door. The visitor will pick up the one who opened the door, close the door. And be- All these things have happened to people throughout the ages in this world. That is why small sized people do not open doors. You don't encounter strangers. It's bigger people. Older people, stronger people, more prepared people that handle Jesus. So when you hear them knock the door and you're a tiny tyke, you head inside. Daddy, mommy, big brother, sister, there's someone at the door. I don't know who it is. And then they go. It's not because you are not what? I can't answer. Yes, you can't. Good. That's pride. Go inside. Before I smack your bottom. Go inside. What's pride? It's pride for you to think you can handle every confrontation. There's a time for everything. Do you agree? There will come a time when where you can answer any door. Yes. Hello. What? Yes. Oh, okay. My dad. Okay. Is he expecting you? All right, please just sit down. There's that time, all the time. Hello, yeah, uh, we paid. I'm the one. I came to Nepal office. I paid. I paid. That time is coming. My household, not the one that anything anyone said. You just hey, nobody can. They'll they'll finish you. Pride always precedes destruction and a haughty spirit. Therefore, don't be prideful. All right, allow for. Older brethren, and also understand that there will be people younger than concerning other Christians after they will call themselves Christians. Who said they are not Christians? Who said they are not Christians? It, can a Christian do this? You have you done it? Let's go back down memory lane. Sometimes the older people in our midst will be confronted with challenges by the newer people. Patience. And I'll tell them it's okay, be strong. And say, uh, 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 and I'll tell them, remember. Uh, Adam, should I jog your memory? The year is 2017. You, you are new. There was this situation where one, two, three, there was a, I know, I know. He said, no, well, let me remind you well. You're describing, you were worse. Do you remember that time that you made this? I usually don't have to go that fast. But when they appear over righteous, how can I remind them how they can, how they made it possible? 
So remember, now it's your turn. Do unto others as was done for you. Remember how they endured you? Hmm? Endure, eh? You survive, eh? See, I survived. God bless you. Let come, let me pray for you. God, grace. Amen. Bye. The prayer is over. Always know there will be someone younger than you. Someone who is as stupid as you were. Doing the same stupid things you did. Ah, a Christian should not do this. I know. I know. I knew that time. You sent me something. I knew. A Christian should not. Yes. Me, I did it in 2003. You, you did it in 2017. Then they are doing it in 2022. It's the time for everything. It's their turn to shine. Even though it's annoying. Is that clear? Someone asked about bringing comedians to church. What of bringing comedians to make people laugh in church? No, you don't need comedians. Just come to God's house. You laugh here. Yeah. Why should you carry comedians? Don't ask me about things like that. In a family, do you bring comedians and make people laugh in your house? Then you know you have issues. How can there be no funny person in your house? Bring your, bring your family members for prayers. I'll, I'll, I'll release laughter. In every family, listen, if you have a child, you laugh. You don't even need comedian. Listen, we have YouTube. Hmm? Type in things. Watch it, you laugh. Just put it, hold on. My, my pronouns are. It's obvious she was a girl, but she is a him. Okay. How do I say it every time? I will not be suffering like this. How do you say it? Because I... The TikTok video. This is the male, even though it's a female. And the female is obviously a male, okay? So, his, her name is Jasper. His name, whatever it is, is... What's it? was... A female name, Lionel or something. But you can see it was a guy. Now he's a girl. And the girl's a guy. Okay, so they are really mixed up. But, they, but he's officially not a him. He, ha, he, it. He's a, he said, so he's not only him. So you call, you call it he, them. So, one is he, them. Then this one is them, D-E-M, not T-H-E-M, like this one. This one is D-E-M, demon, demon self. Okay, so that's the description of this one. This one, right. Uh, this, happen- this is life, this is my feel. This is real. This is- so, when, if they write a letter applying for a job, they'll put their pronouns, them, demon, demon self. Alright, so the person was teaching how you address them. Now that he loves or them loves demon because demons, whatever, it was an English class. I didn't understand any of it. I've tried to even repeat it. I should be given a word. But this is, this is happening. This is real. This, they are joking. They are not joking. There's no joke about this thing. Some people in America are doing this live. They are very few, but they are doing it's incredible and it's very crazy. 
You watch a video like that, you laugh, you cry, Shabe, you laugh. Laughter will come out. You don't need to buy a team. You don't need a comedian, okay? So forget about comedians for laughing. You don't, if your pastor just tells the truth, if he just says what happened, if, fam, if church members just speak, you want to see people laugh here. Once, I, I don't preach alone. I pass the mic sometimes. When I don't know something, I'll ask questions. I'll pass the mic. You will laugh it. Because some people are just funny. Some don't even say anything. Just holding the mic, you're laughing. You know? So forget it. God made people to have humor. Huh? God made people to have humor. So don't forget comedians. Just call brother funny to exhort. Let him exhort. Give an exhortation. You think everybody is too dry. Okay? Call sister amusing. Tell her, can you give us an exhortation for 10 minutes? By the time she has shared this same Bible that you, too, you know, you will laugh. And it will bring healing to your soul and your body. And someone who has been born again for one year lead others in the church. Are they qualified? Alright, so I'll answer that. The answer would be a yes and no. But here, why it's yes and no? If it's in a church where people... You know, I just answered this already, didn't I? You shouldn't have young people lead others. Because the Bible says they shouldn't. Can we read it in Paul's letter to, to Timothy? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 6. He must not be, you, if you read from verse 1. First Timothy 3. This is a trustworthy saying. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he deserves a noble task. What we call a pastor and all that often, the head of group, is an overseer, okay? That's one who oversees. Your King James says bishop. From the Greek word episcopus, it should not. It's wrong. structure that was in existence when the King James in 1611 was written had the Roman Catholic position known as a bishop over a diocese. It was there and the King James who gave the money and commissioned them to put together the King James Bible. King James Bible instructed that they should not tamper as they are translating this Bible they should not tamper with the existing church structure. So when they got to a place like Episcopus, instead of just saying an overseer, they said a bishop. People have all sorts of funny ideas about the word bishop. I am an overseer. I am an Episcopus. I am part of the Presbyteros, which is a synonymous word. That's the Overseership, the oversight body for this local. Alright? So if you read in King James and you say, oh, but the Bible says, it, doesn't say, it says exactly what I'm saying here. An overseer must be, and it begins to give qualifications. I spoke about some of this. I haven't finished. I haven't gotten to the, the uh, some months ago. I was going through the church of God. Okay, today I've I did not, I just jumped to verse 15. I addressed what an overseer was. I didn't go into what a deacon, a diaconos is. I will. 
must be above reproach. He must be the husband of but one wife. He must be temperate. He must be self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Why not violent, but gentle, peaceable, and free of the love of money. An overseer must manage his own household wealth, okay, his physical household spiritual, and keep his children under control with complete dignity, all right? For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he care for the church of God? Now, verse 6. Not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited or proud. And fall under the same condemnation as the devil. Alright, so this is why a new Christian should not be. Because he will struggle with attacks from Satan of pride. Set pride into him. How does that work? This brother looks that he just came last year. But there are 28 people here that were here before him. And it's him they choose. How many of you know that would be a struggle? Because in his heart, something, the enemy will keep telling him, you're special. You, they picked you. You, you are the chosen one. But someone that has been in this same church for four years, five years, that is picked, doesn't, it's a special responsibility, but he doesn't feel that it's because he's so unique. At the new Christian, Satan will bombard him with those thoughts. Ah, Kai, the special one, the chosen. People pass people. And they tell you, say people pass people. It will hammer in your head till you become proud. And what will result from this pride is known destruction. What will result from that haughtiness is known as a fall. It will happen because you are too young. However, your question was not should a younger person be appointed over others. Your question was someone that has been a Christian for one year. And this is the yes answer. In certain Islamic countries, like in Palestine, certain areas, people get born again from Islam. They become Christians. And they are murdered. They kill them. Typically, when they attack a church, they go for the pastors and they kill them. When they kill them, the next person who physically and spiritually, spiritually is the one that becomes the next leader. I'm telling you real stuff that is happening in your world. It happens. So sometimes the person that is the next oldest Christian has been a Christian for only one year. What will you do? Will you take the two-month-old Christian to come and be? No. The pastor of a church may be six months old. He can't be proud because there's nobody above him. He's the highest. He's pride. So literally, people have responsibilities. Sometimes the person that is pastoring a group is three months since they came to Jesus. It's three months. Most mature. I hope I've answered your question well. Your question was, can someone that is one year old in Christ be the pastor? The answer is yes. When there are no others that can fill that role. That one year old is the oldest. Do you understand? The biggest going to school, holding the other two. One is three. The other one is two and they are going to school. That's the one saying, be careful. Cross the road. 
that's the oldest. The six-year-old is the oldest. They will have to be in charge. It's not the best, all right? It's better they went and joined some other group. It's better they went and sat under another group instead of... I had been born again for ah, 2013. I had been born again since 1989, Oxford 99, 2009, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12, 13. I had been born again for 24 years and I was pastoring a church group to stop. To seize. And I stopped and I told the church, come. I have found another church. Let's go and sit there and learn. Because I really believed it was God's way. It was a house church group. And I went and joined them and sat with them. Some of the but that was their bad luck. It retarded them. Spiritually, some of them, I don't know if they've recovered till now. But I was a pastor. I'd been born again for a long time. I went and sat down. I went and joined and sat down like that. But what's that to do? What's all the, what are you trying to prove in this life? Don't be prideful. I sat down and I was a member. Even though shortly thereafter they asked me to share. And I shared some things for a long while. And thereafter the, a time came and God said, move, go on. I wasted time. Eventually, he said, go back. Go and continue what I gave you to do that you had started doing for years. Go back and pass. The important thing is to obey. If there's no choice, I just gave that example for you to know that you don't need to want to be in charge. You should be able to be under authority. All right, is there any other question? How do you get to address them? Because it could be hard, you know, to call them by name or something. Could you just say just brother or big brother or senior or something like that? Give that brother in front of you. Let him answer. Based on what I said, what do you understand? Answer him for me. Don't stand up. If they are much older than you, maybe you are finding it very difficult to address them by their name. You can call that. But it's not from the angle that, um, from the mindset that um, maybe there is this gap between you and them. They are, your, they are your brother, like, you already know that they are your brother, they are your siblings, just like in your home. Let me say you have an, um, 20 years, 15 years older than you. You might still call him brother this, brother that, but All right. not from that far distance angle. And I read, so I thought I'd answer that when I spoke to the sister here. All right, um, you can call brother, sister as respect to even your biological family and spiritual family, okay? I addressed uh, uh, brother Nyekun, you know, he's younger than me, I'm older than him, but I said brother Nyekun, why do I do that? If I'm referring to any of the older people here, I'm going to say brother, sister, I do it like normally. Why am I doing that? But when I'm, I'm talking to you, I'll just say Elisha. Sometimes I say brother, sister to people that are much younger than me. Much, I say it normally. I say it depending on the usage. I can say it. But I'm saying, don't miss the point. Be respectful. Call people brother, uncle, auntie, sister. Regard them. Always be respectful. I was talking more about your peers, your mates. I was talking about how in a church 
you don't need with your peers. I illustrated with her. Said, you come. He said, yes, yes, that one is much older than you, but the one that is your mate. All right. So don't bother about it. Call everybody that is of any age. That's, that's not, that's just a designation of respect. Okay. Uh That's different from what I was talking about, which is, I don't need to say to my fellow, both of us, we are 19 years old. And I call you brother, this sister. I don't have to. I in this church, I didn't encourage it because I like real brothers and sisters who don't go around calling each other brother and sister. That's different from talking to an older person as a sign of respect. You say brother Ackman, brother this or uncle this or auntie this. All right. Any other question about some of the things I said? The household of God. If there's none. No, and our prayer will be that God will help us become normal and healthy members of God's family. Is that good? Normal, healthy members of God's family. Remember, I mentioned a couple of things. I'll probably make you stand soon, but here it. Note it down for me so I can remember. Among the list of things we pray about, one. We will ask God to heal us of any anomaly, sickness, abnormality. Remember, you may have a brother. Some of you have had brothers and sisters who were not well properly. They couldn't laugh normally or walk normally when it's time, all of that. I've told you, I didn't dwell on it long enough, but spiritually, there are people like that. You have an incapacity. Usually, it's demonic. It's like in your spiritual genes. So it's spiritual, but it's not physical. Spirit being, there's this demonic thing here, hooked there. Maybe due to something that happened to you in your normal human life. And it's affecting your spirit. So you can't, I talk, when I talk about a hard heart. Okay, someone is born with a club foot. You see someone, the leg is like this, like clenched. This. Okay, they walk like this. They are, they, their walk with God is not normal. Now, everyone understands physical sickness, but people don't understand spiritual sickness. So you don't talk about it, you just take it, well, I'm a Christian, he's a Christian, we are all Christians. He's a healthy Christian, you're a sick Christian. We are all Christians here. But one is sick. How do you act with a sick person? As everybody is getting ready to go out, the bigger brother comes. Oh yeah, come, climb. You have to be carried. Is it embarrassing a bit? Yes. But when you say, I'm fine, I'm fine. Let's go now. Everybody is there. You're hobbling behind. That's not normal. Normal family, they will carry you. And you will allow them to carry you. Say, no, no, no problem, no problem. They are trying to help me. Normal family. Does anyone disagree? Uh, if you answer no, the next question I'll ask you, why don't we do it? Now I know again, it's pastors that should be asking. Why don't we do it? It, it should be normal. That brother is normal, that sister. So he needs to undergo surgery for his foot to be straightened out. Must be done. 
You can't do nothing and just act like, well, it is how it is. It's not how it is. Something should be done. What is wrong with you? How come your Christian work? You never are born again for more than one month. You have gotten born again these 18 times. The gap between it is one. You come, then you disappear for one month. Then you appear again. Then This is your work with God. It has been like this for years. Because you have a spiritual genetic problem which you have refused to agree. You said, no, it's just, it's just, it's not a mistake. It's not, you have an issue. You must submit to treatment. Someone has to pay attention to you. They have fingers or some anesthesia and do work on you spiritually. It may last long. It may last for months or years or one hour or 30 minutes. Whatever it is, my point is that you must allow. Don't want as we are going to pray, you will tell the Lord, is there anything? Even as I was speaking, some of you things are coming to your mind. You must present yourself to the Lord and say, God, I want to be healed. I don't want this thing I keep saying that is normal. Today, I agree it is not normal. I am not a normal, healthy child of God. I'm coming from Mount is even good. You may have come from a hospital ward for retarded children, spiritual children. You may have come from a place where everybody is sick and you are the one that was even more healthy. It doesn't mean you are not still sick. Do you understand this? That every came from used to do those same things and act like that same way. When it's time to praise God and worship, there's a deadness in your soul. Whenever they say they are going to study the Bible, before they count one, two, three, you sleep throughout the sermon till the end. When the sermon ends, immediately wake up. When they say, you don't even understand what happens to you. All sorts of, so many situations. And it, it didn't happen once or twice. It's all the time. There's a situation. I have seen those situations sometimes dealt with in two minutes. In five minutes, in ten minutes, pray, sentence, ask God to forgive your mother. Ask God to forgive. And they open, no, I can I've seen people that you are praying, amen, amen, amen. And then you tell them, oh, from what I'm seeing, uh, do you have grievance against your mother? And they go silent. And then you go on to talk and then you say, open your mouth, say God. And they sometimes, all that. Say, you need to forgive your mother. I've seen people go, no. <laughs> they don't even say, this is a pastor. They don't. I've seen some, they manifest fool. Now, how was that person ever going to be normal without your pulling out this thick? How? How can they ever be a healthy Christian? It's not possible. So all this shouting and jumping, and you keep wondering what's wrong with them. If you don't deal with issues, and you have to deal with it, this is not something I've seen 10 times or 20. I've seen very many times. And the moment that thing is pulled out, and it's like you're, you could see them sitting in the crowd. And they used to, I say, used to look as if they bring some people from a mortuary. They bring from a mortuary and drop. Then you watch the same person. It's like a brand new person. So you don't say there's not, nothing wrong. And they could have been born again for 10 years old. This thing, 
still Christian. The moment you dealt with that issue, those demonic blockages lifted. That person entered liberty in a whole new way. You know? One of our sisters shared the other day how she was abused, molested by someone when she was small. You know? Read it. Oh, oh wait. I think it's on the hall. But if it's not on the lounge, please, they should put it on the home. Or the, the group for those who come for the first time. If you're on WhatsApp, please. I don't know if it's on our website. And I don't know the name of that testimony. But she shared about how she was molested by someone when she was younger. And the person contacted her some years there is nothing wrong. Talking as though it's normal. And she was so angry. The hatred. The anger. Now I've heard this many times. But this is recent. You know. The hatred and anger. How dare you come. How dare you. And the person was laughing. Acting as though, you know, nonsense man. She. I can't remember the details. But long and short is that. She asked God to forgive him. She obeyed what she was told. And she was released. And the pain, so many things in her just disappeared like that. God, people, physical sicknesses disappear after that. Physical health issues disappear after things like that. These things are so real, I can never be convinced otherwise. I've seen it too many times. You know how a physical doctor has a hospital? Pastors, shepherds, are spiritual doctors. That is the authentic one, not fake ones, who are quack, are quack spiritual doctors. So after a while, you know, you can, you can be well. That's all I'm telling you. Don't doubt it. So when we are praying, you're going to ask, but is there anything? Please show me. Help me. And then you must humble yourself and seek that help. Is that okay? We will also pray about that. Whichever church you are in, be online, wherever you are, pray for your church group if you are in another place. Say, God, please help us to have a normal church, healthy church. We pray for pastors everywhere because most of them don't know this. They think church is only for classroom education. They don't know that there should be peace, laughter, family, relationship. They don't know those things. They don't know. Sunday morning is not... What we do on Sunday morning here and parts of the afternoon is just very small. This is not our church life. Our church life week long. All week long. It's just like what you come to do in the parlor is not the only time you are family. When you're in the room, in the kitchen, cleaning the backyard, all of that is part of family life. Alright? So even when we are not here, when we are praying for people in the people, that's family life. When you're in the bathroom, batting your younger brother or sister, that's family life. But when you're carrying the baby, tying it to your back, all of that, you won't see it here. That's family life. That's the household of God. That's the household. When you're holding their hand and saying, nta, 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 teaching them how to walk, that's the household of God. It was not made between 9 and 10, 30 or 11. It's not there. That's not a household. That's a seminar hall. So we will pray about all of this and we will ask the Lord, please help us. 
Let there be healthy households all over the world. Okay? But the very first prayer point is to thank God. Have you learned anything? I'd like you to stand to your feet. First thing, thank the Lord. Tell him thank you for the things I have learned. Thank you for the things I have learned. Thank you. Don't wait for a special announcement again. Now. Tell him thank you. Be grateful. Gratitude is a good habit. You learn it in your family. You learn to say thank you uncle. Thank you auntie. Thank you daddy for the things you gave me. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now, every prayer point I'll follow, I'll give you one minute. When you go back, I'll suggest once I say the prayer point, jump in with, close your eyes tight, pray about it so you won't be distracted. Focus on it and see yourself before the throne of God and you're talking to him about yourself and about others. I want us to first of all ask the Lord to reveal to us if there's in our spiritual help. He should show us so we can ask for healing and ask for help. Pray. Father, I ask you for everyone here that you give us grace to seek healing, to receive help and restoration and wholeness. Oh God, reveal, 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 reveal to everyone here. Reveal. Good God. Show. Tell. With their legs in the spirit, their spiritual legs, their spiritual hands, their spiritual eyes, their minds, their spiritual understanding. Reveal, expose, expose, expose. Remove denial. No more denial. Help them see and understand a bit of their states that they might accordance with what is required to be made whole. Restore them in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. I want you to ask the Lord that if there's, you have spiritual constipation, you are not able to take in much. You find it very hard because you're constipated. Some of you are full of so much. You ate too much. You know, constipation, you ate too much. That time you went for that birthday party, you ate like you wanted to die. And that was your problem. That was the beginning of your problem. You, you are greedy. You over so Now, <clears throat> you're supposed to take in and let out. Many Christians, you only let out. You don't share the truth. You don't testify. You don't tell people, this is what God has done for me. You don't tell your roommates, your classmates, your housemates, whoever. You don't tell your colleagues. You don't spread Jesus. You think it's for evangelism day. When you go to the office, you just focus on work. You don't open your mouth and say, I'd like to tell you what God did for me. And you open up your... I used to be a smoker, a this, a that, and that, and that. And God saved me. God forgave me. My brother, you too. God can help you. See, these things you're doing, I used to do it. You don't. You want to appear all correct. Or you're like, this is work. Work is work. Office is office. You are disobeying your... So let out things. You don't just keep hearing knowledge, knowledge, and you get constipated. When will you practice it? You will be constipated. And also, of course, if there are hidden things in you that should have been 
exposed, confessed, and you keep it in. Ask God anything that is within me, good or Please, from today, I'm asking that you pour grace on me. Forge me. Cleanse me out. Let my bowels, my spiritual bowels, no longer be held back. Pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, deliver us from being constipated and held back. Everyone here, hear their prayer. Answer, oh God. More than we ask for. Let there be a release of cleansing, cleansing from inside out. Lord God, Father, purge them by your power. Purge them by your power. Everything that has gone in that has made us big-headed, made us think in ways that we shouldn't think and, 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 and be restricted in ways we should not be restricted. Take it all away. Cause us to be free. Let us be able to walk with a clear and clean gate. Let us be able to be full of the needed capacity, unrestrained, not acceptable anymore. Past ways of thinking. Clean us out, good God, in the name of Jesus. We will still pray on that a little more, please. Constipation, ideas and thoughts, things you ate, knowledge, that you took in long ago, that has stayed there, does not allow you to learn new things. Anytime you're hearing something, your mindset is, what is he going to say? I've heard it before. What is it? One of the best things God did for me in this world is help me learn to receive from almost anybody, even a small child. I can hear a child having devotions in the house. On anywhere. Everybody, like Saturdays, everyone can share. Or you have different days. You know, but Saturdays, anyone, everyone can share something. You know? And the six-year-old may decide to share, or the four-year-old share something. They may drag and drag and speak slowly. But still, you will learn something if you pay attention to them. You will always learn if you have of being open to what is new from others too. You will learn. Some people, you only receive new from some people. You have a mindset that there are people I can receive from. So your expectation is very low if you are with certain kinds of people. I am saying that you may have constipation in the spirit because old stuff there's no new content in you that can cause constipation it's the old things in you i want you to ask god to help you flush the old things that are blocking the new from coming in one minute father lord flush flush the old ways of thinking and understandings and knowledge that stops the new from coming that does to bring the new light that he's bringing Oh God, save us. Save us from all of these things. Deliver us from that which is the former and help us receive that which is the present proceeding word. The present proceeding word. What the spirit of truth is saying right now. In the name of Jesus. I want us to ask God to help us rest. Let us, let let there be churches where you can rest. You know, when people come here often, you know what new babies do? When people come to the Lord newly, is what new babies do. Sleep most of the time and they drink milk the other time. That is what new babies do. Note, 
It is how God created for them to conserve energy and grow fastest. For bones to be strengthened and formed. Milk. The only other thing which might be crying and letting out, you know, uh, pooping is they cry because they are uncomfortable. It's the only way of communicating that they need attention. They need to be cleaned up. They are hot. They are hungry and so on. So that attention calling mechanic, and it can be very loud and last very long. God gave them that capacity first because that's what they need. I want you to pray for yourself. How does this apply spiritually? The rest of a newborn babe helps it grow and be strong. That's what the rest of a newborn babe does. In our congregation, when people come, we never do that thing. I've seen many people do. Where you come and they say, which department are you in? Join a department. We never do it. The only department you join when you're new in the Lord, and even new to our knowledge, is the listening department. Where you listen to what is shared and preached and taught. Listen, where you go through our uh, Believer's Bible School. When you go through those things, those are priority. And we refuse to weigh you down with anything other than milk drinking. Don't look down on milk. Grown-ups drink it too. Everyone can enjoy milk. But the younger you are, the more you need it. Spiritually, you need milk. And you see someone get born again, and they refuse to leave their office. They might be 35 years old. They refuse to leave their office. They refuse to make out the time to sit down and go through a normal childhood phase. Milk and resting. You grow abnormal. You will never be a normal child. You have osteoporosis, brittle bone disease early. You have all sorts of issues. As people, you say things like this. I've, I've, I've been born again for a long time. I've seen these things. You'll be born again, yes, and you have the maturity of a, a, a Christian that has been in the Lord for six months. Why? You never went through some things you were supposed to go through. You refused to. You found yourself too big for. Took your thirty-five-year-old brain, joined it to your one-day-old spirit. And judge things as though you're 35. You are one day old in Jesus. You are five days old. You are six weeks old. Six months old in Jesus. Spiritually, that's all you are. Your spirit operates on different kinds of environments to survive. When you hear, you see an elderly person, man or woman, say I'm born again. And then they are still having mistresses, uh, uh, having affairs on the side. I'm born again. Now I've come out in a full gospel businessman fellowship meeting, given a testimony. I used to be in, in the Rosicrucians and Jesus, you know, and, and that day I saw, I had a dream. Very fantastic testimony. Then the man leaves there and still has three girlfriends on his side in addition to his wife. But he's, tr- he's struggling on wake up, open his Bible, try to read, he's trying, but he's, he's all this. Because he mixed up the fact that he's a well man who is 45 years old. He mixed it up with his being one day old in Jesus. One week old. 
Those are not mutually compatible things. They are different things utterly. He ought to have carried his body, joined the, the same group every new Christian. I think some churches have it. Some Many don't have it. One that has. Sit down. And let that foundation be laid thoroughly with the sincere milk of God's word. That's what Peter calls it. The sincere milk of God. It's sincere, not insincere. Not join a department. Join the choir. Join the sanctuary keepers. Join, join the men's group. He does not need the men's group. He gets to the men's group. They make him secretary. Secretary of what? Oh God, you were an unbeliever last weekend. You got born again on Sunday. They elected you. They gave you a post. They have killed you. As they gave you that post, you're dead. Now you have a hypocrite for a secretary. And he's there taking notes, sitting in meetings. He shouldn't be in. And they say, oh, the other class they're having is young, young people. Oh. Young people. What do you mean? You are a very young person. You're younger than most of those young people spiritually. Sit down and learn the truth. Or you foundation will be destroyed and the righteous will be unable to do anything. The foundation is destroyed. What can the righteous do? Your foundation, this word in Hebrews 6 verse 1 and 2 is the word foundation. That word you see called elementary. Beginning. It's the ABCs, the foundational teachings of Christ. You need, everyone needs it. I'm never, they never had it. I found out these things Almost 12 years, 13, after I got born again. That's when I found out. I remember buying a book by Derek Prince. And a thick book like this. There was a bookshop on this street called Living Spring. 1998 or so. And I bought it. Somewhere I got a gift of 2,000 naira in 1999 as a student. I didn't go to Crunchies. I didn't go to Kilimanjaro. I never did when I had money. I buy a book or Christian tapes. I bought that book. Derek Prince, who was a teacher of the world, broke down things. I learned a lot from there. I've added very much on top of it since then. But still, the little I learned, me very much. I wasn't a new Christian. I'd been born again for me ten, almost 10 years at the time. But I was just finding out. And I found out most people have never, we've taught hundreds and hundreds of people that have gone through this Bible, Bible class series. You, it's not if you like. If you don't have it, you always be confused about many things. And many people even teach it, don't teach it right. They teach it with their own understanding, not from the Bible. So if you're in Uyo, join us Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 5 p.m. If you're not here at all, you're online because we don't record that part or all that. There's a recorded series. So it's online. But the best version I think you should go through is the video version in, from the School of Ministry, Gamka. You know, it's called the Apostolic Christological Foundations. Go through it. Don't be prideful. You, are, you better go down. You can't get rid of rubbish if you don't bend down. Nobody stands to poop. Go down. It's called humility. You go down. Go down and God will lift you up. Okay, he that humbles himself will be exalted. He that exalts himself will be humble. The Bible says so. God says so. Humble. The earlier the better. You're 75 years 
the content we teach in that class, I've said it, I say it, it sounds prideful, but God sees my heart. Most pastors don't know it. Very many, they don't even know a lot of those things. Points at any of those topics, repentance from them, all of them are from the Bible. It's word for word. They will tell you repentance. It's not repentance, repentance from dead works. You can repent from anything. The word repent means to change your mind. So you can change your mind about anything from APC to PDP. That's repenting, metanoia. It's not the same as repenting from dead works. So what are dead works that you should change your mind about it? When you don't even know what dead works are, how can you? Scriptures are a very precise book. Faith towards God. No, we know faith. The Bible doesn't teach you faith. It teaches you faith towards God. What is that? Not faith. I faith. I hear people talk about faith all the time. Complete error. I don't even know what they are talking about. They say I had faith. And I, I say how? Some funny concept. I said that thing you're saying. The Bible calls it presumption. That's not faith at all. Say no, I had faith. No, you didn't even know what faith is. It's faith towards God. No, I had faith that I'll have a new laptop. You can't have faith for a new laptop. You have faith in God, towards God, for, for a new laptop. You have faith towards God, for something. It goes to God, that God will give you. It's, it's a triangle, it's, it's, it's different. People do not, you look, at the, you look at the thing, then you say, I have faith. No, it's the thing you, it's something else. It's presumption. If you don't know what it means, how will you practice it? Attend the class for any reason. You're hearing me and you say, I don't like this man. Please, as you're going, read Hebrews 11. Okay, bye-bye. Read Hebrews 11. That's the faith chapter. It explains faith to you. How can you read verse 1 and walk away? Read the whole chapter. At the end, you see, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. When you understand what that means, you know what faith means. Died in faith, not having received the promises, but they died, not having received the promises. The class in faith towards God, super important. Most people have never heard it. They will live and die as born again Christians and never know what faith towards God means. But without it, you can't please God. That means you can live your whole life and not please God. Scary. But doctrine of baptisms, it's a plural word. It's not one baptism, it's not water baptism, it's not Holy Spirit baptism. Even if they teach the two, most people never teach the third one. Baptism of fire. It's in your Bible. Laying on of hands. If you knew, you wouldn't let most hands touch your head. You wouldn't let. So many people, the problems of all your have been laid. People put their hands in darkness and put it on your family members' heads. You're running up and down. If you would stop or go to someone that is clean and say, please pray for me. So many hands have touched my head. I think they may have imparted confusion. When clean hands come on you and undo dirty hands, dirty hands, defiled hands it defiles and there are people, they put their hand in juju and they laid hands, they came to your house or they came to a church meeting and you came and they put their hands on you put their hands in oil, oil that was kept in front of a demon altar you think it's inconsequential? oh it's consequential this how many people know? instead they go from person to person any and everywhere, you kneel down, they put hands on your head Laying on of hands is something you must study. And it's not only human hands that defile people. Clothes you wear, property, physical things can defile. They are laying hands. Music is a mass. 
Music. You walk into a Christian house, see the TV on MTV. Maybe the mommy and daddy are not there, or maybe the children are just very stupid. Demonic music is playing. I want to die young. Ta, 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 ta. I want to die young. Then why we accidents will be following you? A full satanic ritual. I was in a restaurant in an eatery in a wedding where I heard that song. I was sitting in a, I was on a work trip, maybe 10 years ago. So I was sitting in Oweri having a meal on Wedra Road or so. And that's what was playing on the TV. I've not forgotten it. It's symbols. That is a, it's a satanic ritual. They are satanist. That's not music. Those people you see, those are satan worshippers. It's not, if you know, you know. Pure satan is playing in your house. After you say, let's pray. With confusion. How? How does that work now? Satan is in your house. God is in your house. So he has probably left. I don't care you're a child. Children like music. You like music and you're this stupid. You're cursing yourself actively. Children put earphones on their ears and load darkness into their soul. Then they sit in church dead. How would they know Jesus? When God wants to save them, he takes away everything. Some families, they go into deep poverty. You can have nothing. No, no, nothing. Maybe sense will come. In the middle of, I, I've pastored very many of them, so I know. How do I know many things? Oh, I've pastored many young people. They tell me things. Laying on of hands is real. Music will lay hands on you. Movies. I like horror films. You do? You do? Get ready for a horrible life. Real stuff. Real stuff. Now, sorry, what I'm saying does not apply to you. It applies to somebody. I wouldn't be saying it if it doesn't. This is real. This is people. It's specific. Know yourself. Some of them might be online. They might not be here physically. Know yourself. You joke. You play with fire. You might burn down the house. You destroy your life. Thereafter, you spend. You'll be now, I've seen them, 45 years old, running around. Pastor. By then, they are usually very humble. Pastor. You wreck your life. The Bible says you should know God when you're young, not when you're old. Have sense when you're young. Laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead. Almost That one is a no-go. Everybody knows rapture. The Bible, the word doesn't exist. It's resurrection of the dead. Attend the class. Learn what it means. And understand that this is the kingdom of God. Come. This is what Jesus was talking about. Heaven. A place that will manifest on the earth. How will you know if you have not studied it? So you spend your whole life talking about heaven. When Jesus spent all his time talking about earth and his coming kingdom to the earth. It's called the resurrection of the dead. And it's happening soon. Coming soon to a city near you. Oh, it's coming. Whether you know it or not, it's coming. And you wish you knew what it was. Because this is the blessed hope. The glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus. You don't know what it means. So how... This class alone, this class, only this class alone. If most of the body of Christ knows what the resurrection you just behave differently. All the things you run after, you just, you just cool down. Because you cannot believe in what the Bible says about that and be as greedy and distracted as you are. You can't. 
How can you know what the resurrection of the dead is and, and your soul was? When everything will be born with fire. Everything. So all your struggle is to build things. So it will be burnt down. Intelligent people don't behave like that. And I think we are more intelligent than that. And Ionian judgment. Typically written eternal judgment. Speaking about the judgment that everybody will face. Everyone. Foundations of Christian doctrine. Not our church group did not come up with that. That's how it's listed in the Bible. And if I was taught this when I got born again newly, I would have grown a bit differently. Thank God I found out about 10 years. From that time, even if we don't do any other thing, we keep having these classes. I taught it in Abuja. I taught it. I don't stop. This, this one must be taught. I tell people, if you can't, if your parents say, don't come to go to that church, pick some days. Don't come on Sunday. Go where you like. Come on Wednesday, th- uh, Monday, Tuesday, p.m. If you can't come for any other one, come for that. 5 to 7 p.m. Come for these classes. Come ask every question you want as you go through. It doesn't last more than three weeks plus to a month. Three times a week. Go through the classes. You love someone, you are trying to help someone, you are a stand and fall Christian, you are, you are whatever you are. Attend the classes. Attend. When you come, don't look at the faces of the teachers. They were once like you, or far worse than you. Don't look, eh? These young people, are they the ones teaching? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. Is this good? I want you to pray and ask God that there will be the different I mean, you're not praying for God's life, you're praying for churches. You're praying for Nigerian church and the world, the church in the world. That God will please cause there to be the normal aspects of a household. The household of God has education. The household of God has cleansing. The household of God has salvation and rest. Pray that God will build his church. He will make the church of God healthy and sound. Come on, pray, intercede, intercede. God help the church. Let churches be restored. Let them be sound. Let them be corrected. Let them be helped, Lord God. You are able to help the church of God. To make them whole. You are able to assist. You are able to give capacity. Oh, Jesus, you are able to build your church. Do it by your hand. Teach them. Lord, let there be a release of knowledge and understanding. Let there be a release of pastors with their hearts for God's people. Let there be a release of ability to focus on what God cares about. Let there be a release of love. Let the houses be expanded. Let the different rooms be included. Let there be a desire equivalent to the desire that you have. Do this for your people because we ask in if you lift your hands I'll wrap up that prayer. Father we are asking together as people who have heard the truth here now and who have joined we are more than two or three who are in agreement here. So we are saying in your love and power you promise to build your church. We ask that you build your church. Let the gates of hell no longer prevail. Let the people in this house, the people in this place, (coughs) who are saying, I want to 
also be part of your household in spirit and in truth. I ask that you respond to them and include their name in the register of names that you have before you. Lord, let it be said of this one, this one and that one was born in Zion. Lord, take note of the hearts and the decisions made here today. Accept them. Good God, accept them. Accept them. Accept them. Everyone that calls on you, you promised you would save. Father God, Hear the prayer of the weak and the needy. Respond in love. Let the churches of God know what it means to be a household. Hear the wounds from the households we have come. Your, we have come from. Your word says that there are wounds we receive even in the house of our friends. Father, let the wounds we have received in these different households, let them be healed. Physical and spiritual household wounds. Heal, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let there be a release of oil. Let there be restoration, 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 restoration. In the name of Jesus. You are the faithful God. You are the one who is able to do more than we ask for or imagine. You know the secrets of our hearts. Let there be release. Abba. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you. Amen. Now, before I pray for the offering, and then I'll pray for the first timers in the room there. But before that, if you're here, okay, I'm not going to call you out. I usually, I want, if it's serious enough and you mean it, then the pastoral staff that will talk to you. If you're saying here, I, I, I don't think I'm part of God's family. I don't think I have been or I used to be. I walked away. I would like to be part of God's family. Once we are done here, just there will be people to attend to you. Just tell it. I will, I will pray with you inside. Okay. One on one. Okay. So make sure you tell. If you are, I don't think there's any need to say. I think that's all. Just that there's always that funny person that says, I want to, but I needed to leave. I was hungry. Strange preacher. Don't bother to come. Just go at once. Don't, don't do funny things like that. This is more important than anything. Like, there's nothing like it. Being part of God's family. You, you know, you hear people talk about heaven and hell and all that. Do you know the family, Ephesians 3 says that God is the father of the family where? In heaven and earth. <laughs> so when people talk about dying, if you die now, and, and they say, I wonder if I'll go to heaven. Uh, part of the challenge, the real question you should be asking is, which family are you part of? Who's your father? That's the real question. Because things tend to continue, whether you're in your body or absent from the body. What you call death is called absent from the body. He said, if you're absent from the body, I'll be present with God. But if you were in the body on earth, why on earth would you want to end up with him? You've been absent since. Things continue. So, what people call death, God does not call death, he calls it sleep. You sleep and you wake up somewhere else. So, be present with God here. Then, whether you live or die, you are with the Lord. But if you're absent from God here, why on earth would you want to die and end up with him? How? Who know you? Who know you? 
Sorry, who knows you? Sorry, I got Nigerian carried away. Who knows you? You don't know you. Why would you want to end up in heaven? Who knows you? Angels did not rejoice over you in heaven. Why are you on earth? So, no angel. Who will, who will introduce you? Who is your plug? You don't have. You were obeying Satan on earth. You want to end up with who? Go to everyone. Go to your father's house. Do you have a Is that where? That's how it works. It's not complicated. You're saying, I'm not sure I'm a part of God's household. I used to be a walk away. Please, once you're done, you just walk towards that or carry your stuff. Walk. Whether you're a first time or not, I'll pray for you together. Alright? Then I also pray for those that are first timers. Okay? Just because you're a first timer. And, uh, our prophetic teams will share something with you here. Alright? So I encourage you to wait behind. Don't be in a haste. It won't take more than a few minutes. Alright? Father, I thank you for every offering that has been given and will be given. I ask that you receive it and cause it to multiply to serve the kingdom of God. I ask, Father, that you will bless these ones during this week. You will prosper over their steps. You give them grace. You give them skill. You give them wisdom. Put their hands to one, their fingers to five. Make them verses unto one of it for you. Thank you. Thank you to God. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.